In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tug Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hey, Military Moms, welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got a great show today, another action-packed thriller. Uh, we're going to welcome <laughs> Michael Russer talking about um, about change and, and uh, all the downsizing that's coming on with the military. And for those of you that tune in every week, upcoming in the following months, we're going to have our virtual career fair and a small business expo where we're going to bring on some of the best uh, small business coaches in the country to come and talk to us about developing our own small business because for those of you that are going to go and be hired in the defense contract industry or other jobs there's going to be equally as many that are looking to start your own business and now is the greatest time in the world because of the internet to do that so if you're thinking about it you'll want to tune in with us in the coming months um, so we'll have Michael Russer as our first guest and he's going to talk about change and how to manage change and, and the psychology and the fear behind it. Then we're going to go to Candace George Thompson and um she just has has a great um, uh, you know a great book out and she's the daughter of a 30-year career Air Force officer um, and she's just got all sorts of great things uh, for Rex and Betty still having fun then we're gonna go on to Jack Woodville London who has just the nicest name doesn't that sound I guess like there's Jack <laughs> London the child author but Jack Woodville London just sounds so well, I guess he's a World War II historian and a trial attorney, so that fits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, you know, he's got two books out. I have both of those in my possession, Virginia's War and Engaged in War. And... Um, Virginia's War is the first installment of this French Letters trilogy that really, really is just a great book. It was named as a finalist for Best Novel of the South uh, by the Andernan Foundation. Uh, you know, we're just so lucky to have these people on, Robin and Doris. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. What's wonderful is that everyone's perspective is different. And especially for people who may not have lived in that generation, so many of these people are giving us such an amazing view of what happened to that uh, the people living in those times. Right. Not that we're so terribly removed from that time, but to a certain degree, uh, we really are. You stop and think of 
of kids now in junior high and high school in wanting to understand what went on in World War II, that is an eternity away for them. It is, it is. And I see that generationally in my home, you know, where I have, you know, grandpa living with us and then, Mm -hmm. you know, there's me and then I have some college students that work for me and then my kids who are five and eight, you know, there's really four generations uh, realistically running around the house at any given moment. And um, it's really interesting when we all sit down, like usually we usually have lunch together and everybody comes in and, and it's just, you know, it's so different, the perspective and the use of technology technology and what we're used to and the speed at which we're accustomed to having things done. You know, makes for a my, big difference. Sure. For all of us. You know, I know mm. I've gotten more impatient, you know, with the use of the internet and I'm so excited because I got a Kindle Fire last week and with it came a month of free shipping from Amazon. So I've been ordering Ooh. every random thing <laughs> that I normally would drive around town looking for, like batteries for my pedometer. I'm like, ooh, free shipping, just send it yeah. over. Wow. <laughs> But, you know, now I'm lazy and I'm going, gee, I don't know if I want to drive all over looking for this stuff. I'm thinking, you know, Amazon, even though it's kind of big brotherish, is the place to go from everything from Burt's Bees to Chapstick to, you know, a USB stick and batteries for my, (laughs) you know, my uh, pedometer. It's really too easy sometimes. (laughs) With no shipping, you know, got to pay the product cost anyway, and at you know over four dollars a gallon for gas, yeah. and we're at four thirty-seven out here for me to drive it. Wow, to twelve dollars. Wow. Yeah, we're not quite that bad up here. We're, we're about, I want to say it's three sixty-five. The really? other day, I filled up the tank at three sixty-five. Hey, Doris, what's yeah. gas down in San Diego? Let me see. The last time I looked, it it had just gone down. I was out Saturday evening. And it was down to four fifteen at Arco. Okay. Wow. Wow. And I got excited because the last time I filled up, it was four sixty something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot these days. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Um, so Doris, you've got you know you've got some great stuff uh, that you pulled up about this virtual career fair. I know because um, you know the media, everybody's jumping on board, going, "We need to help our veterans coming home and their families secure jobs and employment." You know, if they're not uh, serving our military anymore. And you went to a job fair recently, right? I went to that uh, one in uh, at Camp Pendleton here in California uh, in February. And that one was sponsored by Military.com. And this particular virtual one I'm talking about today is uh, also sponsored by Military.com and the Monster.com people, which, you know, they're the ones that have the uh, job site and help you with resumes and so forth. So they're bringing, uh, they call it the Veteran Virtual Career Career Fairs. And um, there's actually one starting tomorrow. March 27th through March 29th, and uh, you can do everything. You can commute, uh, communicate, and engage with job exhibitors and attendees at uh, this virtual environment. And as long as you have Internet access, you will be able to participate, and registration is free. So for more details, go to www.veteransvirtualcareerfair.com. And I actually went to the site to check it out. It's really uh, quite inviting, easy to understand, so uh, I highly recommend it. 
That's it for so me. So when you go there, Doris, what is what are some of the things that you do? Well, I didn't sign up for it, so I was just looking to see if it would be easy to sign up for. I was just trying to get a feel for, uh, you know, if registration-wise and so forth. But I would imagine if it's by the military.com people, there, there will be similar people that were at the uh, Camp Pendleton event, which was like Lockheed and, you know, some really super big names. Sure, sure. I think Northrop Grumman was there, some of the big uh, defense contractors. I wouldn't be Has surprised. Has anybody here used any on-site job? Um, you know, have you ever gone on, Doris, for any of these things? I actually went, uh, when I got laid off from my Hyundai job, I went to jobs.com to check them out. And, uh, and also, uh, believe it or not, Craigslist is rather interesting for looking for jobs. Really? I wouldn't yeah. think to go on Craigslist. I guess, yeah, you can post job offerings on there, so no, why not look right. for a job? Well, that's how I got my job with Hyundai, <laughs> on Craigslist. Well, you know, oh, really? I did, yes. Really, that's interesting. Well, you know, uh -huh. I was on a real estate seminar this week, and we were talking about the use of Twitter and how Twitter has, um, you know, people look on Twitter to buy and right. rent homes, and they put into the tweet things like, you know, buy Las Vegas homes or buy Sacramento wow. homes. And I wonder if it would work for jobs. I think I heard that, like on the news on Entertainment Tonight or something like that where they were talking about, I know for sure Facebook, because I've actually seen it, but I think I've heard that Twitter now is jumping on the, you know, for people to check out for jobs and so forth. I haven't done it myself, but I've heard. Yeah, well, that's interesting, because I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about the use of Facebook with jobs, not only with the screening of candidates, you know, somebody goes up and, you know, if their public, their profile is public, and an employer comes and looks to see, you know, kind of what they're all about, right. um, you know, Facebook can work in your favor or not in your favor, Um <laughs> You know, <laughs> you have up there, um, but I know when we had um, the cleared hired and clearedjobs.net people on, they said it was imperative that our military service members and their families uh, collect everybody's you know Facebook logons, their emails, their Twitter accounts um, in preparation for leaving, so that when they do go out in the workforce, they can connect uh, with their prior community. You know, get recommendations, right, get right. Um, whatever they need from either their company commanders or their their peers that they have all that stuff in place before they uh, leave their post or before they leave their military position, which really just makes sense. That's an excellent point, Sandra. Excellent. I hope people so, are writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, I, just what you said, I was like, wow, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, because you go into overwhelm. I'm sure when you left the military, Doris, there was so much about <laughs> the transition, about yep. the, you know, it's a different life. All of a sudden, yep. you know, a lot of people don't have housing. They have to secure housing and a job. Right, um, right. That, that's a lot, you know, so to think about, oh, well, I should go get everybody I know's, you know, Facebook or friend them on Facebook or get their Twitter handles. Um, you know, I think that's really right. important. Now, Robin, you've got something relating to Twitter handles and hashtags that you wanted to share. Well, I did. Well, and I was perusing and I discovered that this Wednesday, March 28th, the Defense Center for Excellence has a live discussion on Twitter this week, focusing Ooh. on traumatic brain injury tools for <gasps> providers. 
Yep, and uh, it is being de- uh, handled by the DCOE deputy for TBI, Ms. Catherine Helmick. She will answer questions. It's a live discussion, so go to www.dcoe.health.mil for more information. You can follow the Defense Center for Excellence uh, on Twitter. Their Twitter handle is at DCOE page, or check the hashtag DCOE to get involved in the discussion. We're coming up to a break, ladies, and on the other side of the break, we'll have Michael Ruster talking to us about change, transition, and adjusting to a new normal. We'll be back shortly after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Ready for the most current feel-good gossip? Then check out Daytime with Donna with your host, Donna Intercastle. And sidekick Nina Fry. Every Friday afternoon at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Donna is a charismatic market-driven entrepreneur who was part of the team that founded iVillage.com, which is the largest content-driven community for women today. Donna and Nina are here to empower you, motivate you, and encourage you in all aspects of your life. It's like Oprah on the radio. Plus, your chance to win great prizes, all the way up to a $500 Visa gift card. For more on Donna Intracasso, check out her website, introinc.com. Then join us for the show, Daytime with Donna, with your host, Donna Intracasso, and sidekick Nina Fry. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Fertility. It's an extremely personal subject. Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on toginet.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 central on Tuggynet.com. put a boot in your ass, it's Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Doris Rivas Brecky and Robin Boyd. And with the recent announcements of downsizing for our military and the withdrawal of troops from different um, different parts of the world, even though things are heating up in other areas, uh, we are looking at a significant uh, amount of our troops entering civilian life after their military service. And as a result of that, we're bringing to you in the future our virtual career fair and our small business expert with some leading business coaches from around the country. Some are familiar to us, some are new. Um, but one of the things that happens with uh, with a change, and Robin, you put it best as adjusting to a new normal, um, and that's something that military families have to do on a regular I think we just lost Sandra. Absolutely. Uh, referring to a new normal. So many times our new normal uh, is not what we expected. And Michael, you're here to help us with that new normal and being comfortable with that. Welcome, Michael. Well, welcome. Thank you. And uh, I just said a big hello to my favorite military mom radio hosts. Um, <laughs> it's great to be back again. <laughs> yeah, the new normal. And and here's the thing, there is no such thing as normal anymore. Right. Change is happening so fast. And it, right now, I think one of the best skills that we can look at in acquiring as uh, human beings, no matter what our situation, is the skill of surfing change. And now I know I'm from Southern California, and, and <laughs> I, I had to use a surfing metaphor. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is you never know what wave, what the characteristic of the wave that's coming other than it's a wave, and each one is unique. And change is kind of like that. And so it's a matter of, you know, if you fight the wave, guess who's going to win? But if you learn to surf it and use its power to propel you, well, that's a whole different outcome. So, Michael, what do we do? I mean, does everybody feel fear? You know, I see with my kids they deal with fear differently. I see with my family how they deal with fear differently. It seems like we all have our own, our own levels. I mean, does everybody feel fear? Oh, I think so, yes, absolutely. And, and the fear, the source of that fear is really buried way deep in the um, in the primitive part of our brain because that uh, any kind of change to the hunter gatherers uh, from uh, way 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 back usually meant you weren't going to make it uh, throughout the day or through the day uh, because you could you you knowing what was going to happen was crucial to your survival and so the fear we feel is a survival response and it and it's it's a throwback to that and it's very understandable but here's the thing we've all survived it's not a matter of life and death anymore it is a matter of whether we're going to thrive or not and so the um, uh, that fear of change uh, is no longer helping us. It is actually holding us back because change really, uh, with the right attitude, becomes the doorway to possibilities that you never even considered before. Wow. That's good. That's amazing because we all think, you know, we hear all this stuff on the news, Michael, Doris, and Robin, you know, where are the jobs? You know, how are we going to get jobs? What are we going right. to do with all the troops coming out that get jobs? 
I never even thought about spinning it around going, wow, this is an opportunity to explore something I love or the opportunity to yeah. try something different or the opportunity to expand my horizons or move to a part of the country I've always wanted to enjoy. It, it, you're right, Michael. If you spin it, flip it around the other way, it's a lot more positive and it's, it's a lot more exciting. Oh, a lot more exciting. By the way, um, I don't know if you've heard this before, but someone told me this not too long ago, that the physiological response to both fear and excitement are exactly the same. The heart rate goes up, you, the, the respiration goes up, you start feeling you know, kind of the flutters in the, in the pit of your stomach. Exact same feeling. Right. So you know, when you start feeling fear, start thinking of it as more as excitement. <laughs> and, well, that's, that, so that's one way of handling it. That's well, but they say like you know, if you really like a guy, and this is you know dating one on one, if you really like a guy, take him to a scary movie, because that same fear excitement will be transferred over to you. Hopefully, the excitement, not the fear, um, but the re- yeah, the, the physiological response is the same. Well, um, yeah, I'm not going to touch that one, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Anyway, uh, yeah, given my, my new – you talk about change, my new entrance into, uh, into online dating, yeah. Uh, now, see, I could be scared to death of that, but I kind of see it as an adventure. Uh, anyway, uh, I didn't mean to digress there. The, the other thing, too, is the other, another way to handle change, and this is powerful, is the, the kind of change that we resist the most is that that is imposed on us. The kind of change that actually can work in your favor is what you impose on yourself. And uh, so when you take a look at, okay, there's certain things you, don't, you can't do anything about, but you treat them as, okay, that's what is. Now, what can I do with this? that I may never have considered before. Now you're in the position of actually imposing change on your own situation, and that is when you're in control, a lot more control than if you just say, oh, my God, all these things are happening to me. Right, and you're just the ping-pong ball waiting to get hit with the paddle. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's when you get back into the old survival mode, and, and that's when that fear is uh, starting to, to trigger the flight-or-fight syndrome. So what do we do, Michael, when we feel fear and we have to think? I know for me, one of the things that I do is I count. I know that sounds silly, but when I find that fear rising, instead of, you know, getting my credit card out to shop or I, you know, go in to get something to eat, things that don't really help me, I start counting. And that seems to bring my stress level down. What are, like, how do we manage that fear? Do we talk to friends? Do we, do we write about it? Do we, you know, what, what can we do? Well, I, I think the first thing you want to do is, or consider doing, and this works for me almost every time, is take action, usually a physical action. And uh, like I like to hike. And so if I'm feeling like everything's coming down on me and I'm starting to feel a little concerned about it, um, maybe a lot concerned about it, I'll go and I'll go hike and I'll, I'll reconnect with nature. And that just brings everything back into perspective because the problem with fear one of the major problems with fear, Sandra and Robin, um, and I think Doris is there too, is that, um, is that it, it, it telescopes our vision. So it, we literally are looking at the thing that we're most afraid of. And as a result of that, we don't see the periphery. And so if you can break out of that, 
and, and distract, well, I don't want to use the word distract, but get focused on something else. Because if you go eating something or you go to the movies or you go to the, or you do something to distract your mind, guess what? That's not going to work because your subconscious is still processing that fear. But if you can get your body going, um, that's usually a good way of doing it because the endorphins will also kick in and help you get a little more handle on what's going on, a realistic handle. That is. I mean, when you talk about those elements of distraction, those are the destructive things. You know, the yes. plugging into the TV, you know, mm-hmm. reading books, eating, shopping. You know, there's all these things that we do, watching sports. Not that these things in and of themselves are a bad thing. They're really good things. But if they're just there to keep you avoid, you know, from avoiding to deal with what you have to deal with, which is change, which, you know, I think spinning it around and trying to make it more positive in your head is a really good um, aspect to handling change. And I think just acknowledging that change is difficult for a lot of us, put that on the table, but then don't let that stop you. Pick up your boots and keep moving because everything in life changes from the seasons to our bodies to, you know, things as we age. I mean, I can't think of anything in life. What did they say? Only death and taxes. Those are the things that don't change. And God, we know those are changing. (laughs) Yeah, and, 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 and that's, that's absolutely right. In fact, our pace of change is accelerating. And, uh, in fact, it's probably accelerating in an exponential way. So uh, an important life skill, and I don't mean survival skill. I mean th- uh, a thrival skill, if that's a word, is, uh, <laughs> is to learn how to use the energy of change in your favor. And uh, so just kind of observe the change, understand what you, what you have control over and what you don't, and then uh, try to understand it and use the energy of it uh, in a way that's going to serve you. For example, you know, a lot of the soldiers coming back uh, that, uh, from deployment to, you know, finding a tough job market. Well, there's a perfect opportunity to start exploring, well, do I really want to work for the guy or do I want to maybe be my own boss. Yeah. Do I want to be able to solve a problem and get paid for it on my terms? And so, you know, there's all kinds of all kinds of possibility. And the thing is, with change, there will always there will always be an oversupply of problems. And anytime there's a supply of problems, that means there are people there willing to pay to have those problems solved. You know, Michael, you always give us so much to think about. And every time that you have visited us, we we approach this a little differently and we tap into some of those things that we can feel so vulnerable about, but yet we can actually overcome that and we can be the ones that can then be in control over it, which gets us through the change. (laughs) And that's the whole point. (laughs) Or or, or even use change (laughs) as as the opportunity that never would have happened uh, otherwise. And, you know, that's the old breakdown, breakthrough thing. It really is. Uh, Michael Russer, thank you so much. Michael will definitely be visiting. He stops in frequently, and we love it when you do, Michael. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate Uh, it. I love being here with you guys, too. 
you know it. So awesome, thanks again. Awesome. We'll see you real soon. Coming up next is someone who has experienced lots of change in her life uh, and it, it will tell us all of the changes that her parents had gone through. We have Candace George Thompson coming to visit us. She has written a wonderful book, uh, a tribute to her family, her parents, still having fun, the adventures, the life adventures of Rex and Betty George. We will learn lots more about the things that the George family experienced right after this break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and Doris Rivas Brecky, and we just finished an outstanding segment with Michael Russer, and he's going to be talking uh, in the coming months about his Live Outrageously movement. So I'm going to tease you guys with that because uh, he's going to come back with some great information. I'd also like to let you guys know that as Military Mom Talk Radio is in its third year on the air that we're going to be there with you every step of the way as we transition as a community, as a family, as the military, and we're committed to providing you guys with great information, great speakers. Uh, Doris is on the hunt, as always, for (laughs) great places to get jobs and uh, great resources on the web. Robin and I comb the internet. We get calls and letters and information from you guys for what you're looking for and how we can help you. And we want to thank you for sticking with us. We noticed uh, this month, Robin, that our downloads have gone through the roof. Wow. We've been so excited that we are realizing that it's it's just starting to spread, and this is wonderful. We do appreciate the communication because that's what this all is, is networking. We're here to help spread news and information, and we love getting tips on those kinds of things, too. Well, and it, you know, it's just, it's a synergy, Robin and Doris. Um, you know, we're here, we have resources that we can share and we can guess uh, as to what you guys need. But um, having you guys write us in and let us know really, really helps us make a better show for you. And we want to thank the over, uh, what did we have? Over 3,000 downloads of our show last week alone. Really? That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> Find us at MilitaryMomTechRadio.com or all of us have um, our first names, Sandra, Robin, or Doris at MilitaryMomTechRadio.com is our email. Terrific. Terrific. All right. Well, we've got another great guest uh, for today's show. We have Candace George Thompson, and she's written a wonderful book called Still Having Fun, and that's the adventures of her parents. I totally love this. Rex and Betty George, and it starts in 1943 when, um, or 41, I guess, is when it starts, but 43 was when her dad enlisted in the Army Air Corps, and... um, he f- he flies to England in a B-24 to navigate the B-24 Liberators during World War II. This is so cool, and it's based on your mom's letters. Um, uh, Candace, tell me a little bit more about that. Hi, everybody. Um, well, actually, it started with my mother's letters from Okinawa, which is where my father was stationed after the war. And um, we were some of the early families that were in occupied Japan. And uh, mother wrote letters to her mother for a year and a half. Uh, her mother saved them. Thank God. And, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, mother had talked about wanting to write a book using those letters, um, and it was right before she got Alzheimer's. So uh, after my parents died in 2007, I decided I was going to do that for her. And um, then I just got carried away and decided their whole story needed to be told. So that's what I got. Wow. That's really beautiful in that it really started with her concept. It wasn't as though, I mean, this is really seeing her vision coming through. Yes, yes, it is, and that's uh, that's what's so special about it for me. Yeah, that mm. it was her idea. 
It must have been emotional. Um, it has been very emotional. Um, and there are times when I get to certain parts in the book, no matter how many times I've been there, that I start crying. Mm. But uh, there's so many wonderful parts, and I've learned so much about not only my parents, but about myself in the process and filled in my own history. When you're a military brat, uh, you, at least I, didn't have all that many memories about all the places we've been and everything. <laughs> wow, that's very thoughtful. How does it change? How did it bring more awareness to you yourself? Just realizing me, that you've been fortunate to have seen these things, or was it even more than that? Um, I would say more than that. Um, between just, uh, I started with a timeline and trying to figure mm-hmm. out where my parents were when and therefore where I was. And um, I'd never really looked at things in that way, that structured way, and I began to see um, associations and links. And, um, and then when I started looking at my parents as sort of subject matter instead of just my parents, that was actually sort of a scary process. <laughs> I, know, I don't know if I'd want to read my mom and dad's letters and poke around in there. It's bad enough I know I got here. I don't need to know how. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I don't have their letters to each other except for a handful. Um, they told me that when we were, as kids were old enough to start digging around in the trunks that they decided that they would destroy their letters from World War II, which is just tragic. <laughs> oh, you know, there's one picture I can remember as being uh, a, a little girl, and there was one picture of my mom and dad dancing, ballroom dancing, and wow. the way they just held each other was just the most special thing in the world, and that just conjured up love to me, and then when I was married, that same kind of thing just came. So it was almost full circle, and it was really beautiful. Candace, you make reference to a memory jar. What yeah. what could that be for us to um, to think of with our own families? Well, um, I'm really on this campaign to get people to begin to document their own lives. And um, uh, one thing that was really successful, and I have to acknowledge uh, my niece, Allison, um, when she was in college, I heard her say that she was making a memory jar for her parents. I said, what's that? Yeah. She said, well, I'm, I'm making little slips of paper, one for every day of the year, you know, enough for every day, and they're of memories I have. Well, she was pretty young. You know, <laughs> and I thought, well, that was just a cool idea that I would do it for my parents. And... Um, I have to tell you, I had a terrible time coming up with 365 memories. (laughs) So one for every day of the year. But I I did, and in 2000, um, I gave my parents this big glass cookie jar um, with all these little slips of paper in it. And every morning after breakfast and after reading a chapter in the Bible, they'd pull out a piece of paper and read it, and then they would talk about it. And they kept doing that for seven years. And every once in a while, my father would say, can you think of anything else to add to the jar? And they just, it, um, 
it was just uh, such a wonderful thing for them because as my mother was losing her memory, mm. um, this gave them an opportunity to sort of go over things. And um, it, uh, it just, you know, they just loved it so much. I wanted to share that idea with people. Well, it's beautiful. And not only that, I think in our busy, busy lives, we have so many things that pull us away from each other mm-hmm. that to have something like this is a way of staying with each other in so on so many planes yeah. we we have to communicate to to share share but we also have those thoughts to take with us throughout our day and that keeps those conversations even more special with each other and i think that boy do we all need that in our daily lives <laughs> We do, we do. Absolutely. Like every hour, like yeah. every 15 minutes. <laughs> it, it was I a loved, nice way. Um, yeah. the, the closing, we, you had written, uh, in, I think it was in the bio that was so sweet, as your mom was uh, beginning to lose um, the, the person that mm-hmm. she was to Alzheimer's. Uh, your dad was so good in taking care of her every need. And your friend, his friends would ask how he was holding up, and his simple refrain was, we're still having fun. Isn't that the most beautiful thing? It was, and he really meant it. Um, and, uh, and as I looked uh, back at all the documents I had on them, and I, I've got documents up to the eyeballs, everything from his performance evaluations from the Air Force to household expense logs and travel logs and things. Um, there were so many times where they wrote, either they wrote specifically, that was fun, we're having fun, and it was such simple things that mm-hmm. that they uh, enjoyed. It, it didn't take very much. And um, uh, it, it was, they chose to live their life that way. It, I, I really think it was an active decision. Uh, to enjoy life, to face each obstacle as a challenge, mm-hmm. and um, and I have to tell you, it's a great inspiration for me, and I'm really hoping that when people read it, it will be for them as well. Absolutely. Where will we be able to find your book? I, I, do I understand it is released, or is it just about it, to be released? It's not released yet. But okay. I want to come back when it is. <laughs> um, so I'm still in the process of uh, getting the publishing piece figured out. I'm a little behind uh, in that. But, it takes um, time, you know, from, from knowing what all of uh, the publishers that we have recently been with, you want to make sure that it's right and done, and it's, it's kind of like giving birth, but you will, yeah. you will be so thrilled once, once, you've, uh, once you've released it, as we all will, when we get a chance to share these, these beautiful memories. Um, you do have a Facebook page, though, is that correct? We can I do. I have an Facebook? author page, and then, uh, currently I've been uh, going through through uh, my mother's, some of my mother's Okinawa experiences, and people have been having fun with those because she's pretty funny. Um, and, uh, a lot I of know fun. on our show page we do have a link. If, if, if everyone goes to our uh, show page and look at the write-up for today, there is a link to your to There your is, and it's page. just Candace George Thompson author. 
That's perfect. That's Candace, good. thanks so much. And we definitely will have you back once you are on the bookshelves. And uh, we look forward to it. Congratulations for a job well Thank done. Thank you so much. I enjoy all of your shows. I listen as much as I can. And, Thank um, you. You all are great. Bye. Candace. Bye. On the, way, on the other side, we'll have Jack Woodville London. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's real moms in the real world. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Doris Rivas-Brecki and Robin Boyd. I want to thank our lovely producer in Texas, Sabrina. Sabrina is the unsung hero of our show. She's always Johnny on the spot getting our our listeners on and coordinating our show, and it's very rare that anybody stops to thank her. So I'm going to thank her on behalf of both Motherhood Talk Radio, which airs Tuesdays at 3 p.m. PST on TogiNet, and Mother or Military Mom Talk Radio that 
airs Mondays, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on TogiNet. I want to thank our guests. Yay! Yay, Sabrina! Yay! Uh, <laughs> Candace George Thompson and Michael Russer. If you guys haven't uh, heard the earlier parts of the show, check us out on MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. You can pick up our rebroadcasts on TogiNet.com, Rockstar Radio Network, and you can find us in iTunes under MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Now, our next guest coming up is Jack Woodville London, and he has written two truly fabulous books. And I can tell you this because I have them in my possession. And... Um, French Letters Engaged in War is a Military Writers Society of America Gold Medal Award. And um, his French Letters, um, Virginia's War, Terra, Texas, 1944. Again, really, really, you guys, well done books. And I have to tell you, as part of uh, being the host on a couple different radio shows, I get book after book after book sent to me. Please, can we be on your show? Please, can you read this? Um, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but when these book covers came in, just looking at them was enough to pique my interest. Um, they're just beautifully designed. They're well-written, and I really, really have enjoyed it. And it's not because Jack Woodville London used to be a trial attorney, and I'm afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> now we better get him on to defend himself here. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go up against the trial attorney. And then he was like the managing editor of the University of Texas International Law Journal. Like, oh, the pressure. I just, I know him, but I didn't get his name wrong. So we're doing pretty good this week. <laughs> Jack, welcome, Jack. <laughs> Anyone there? Yes, we are. <laughs> you guys are having too much fun. <laughs> we have the name of the game. Here's why you liked those books when the covers came in. The first one, Virginia's War, has this really poignant woman gazing out from behind a flag with a blue star on it. She was a blue star military mom. And she was wondering, and you could see it in the picture, what was going on overseas with her family. And she, is she clutching letters? Is that what's in her hand? Because She's it's a, clutching a V-mail. She's clutching a V-mail, which was a telegram. The way that mail was sent in World War II, you would write a letter home, hand it to your company commander. He would turn it into the post office. They would microfilm it and 10,000 others, put them on a strip, send it on a boat. It would arrive in your post office. They would enlarge it, and you would read the enlarged letter and you would send it back the same way. The government read everyone's mail, including the Dear and, John letters. Wow. Oh, wow. And that was just the way it went, wasn't it? And that, that was second just... book cover that you're looking at is her poor guy overseas looking up through the roof of a bombed chapel with light coming in asking <laughs> what on God's green earth is happening here. What oh has the gosh. world come to? And those two books asked those questions. What has this world come to? They were our extraordinary times that swept up ordinary people. And those ordinary people became our parents. And the books asked you a point-blank question. Did our parents and our grandparents fight that war so that now, 70 years on, we can have divorces, Flat screen television sets, 18.5% credit cards, McDonald's hamburgers. Yeah. 
when I was a kid, we always walked around saying, come the revolution, things are going to be different. They may not be better. They will be different. And this world that we're living in came from our parents and our grandparents' World War II. They may not be better. They are different. Mike Russer is right. Change is happening. That's just what I was going to allude to. It's so it's so very true. And in so many instances, we just have to face it. There's going to be change. Jack, we have a listener uh, who has called in. Maria, do we have you on the line? Yes, indeed. Welcome, Maria, to Military Mom Talk Radio. Thank you. What's your question for Jack? Well, you know, everybody's been talking about change today. And one of the things is, you know, people get stuck on on change and there's a lot going on so um in jack's book you know we want to know what why why do people want to read his book and you know and i have to tell you one of them is because of the change that we see going on in the book um we see a lot of change in virginia as as she's growing and developing into a different person into a mother and into a a quote-unquote wife and the way jack has with writing, and I just, I don't know the words to express it, are just incredible. He, he brings us all the way through this. We're right there with every individual in that book. We see them, we feel them, we hear them as they're talking, and I just think that he does a wonderful job with his writing. And, um, and it, he leaves us thirsting for, for more. We want to know what's happening, where is engaged in war, where is Children of the Good War coming, you know, when are all these things happening? So, um, so I just wanted to, to throw that out there. You know, he does a wonderful job with um, with showing us all the subtle changes that are happening in the lives of these people throughout his story. How fascinating. Uh, keep uh, her on the line. <laughs> Why? Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. You, so you've read both, Maria? You've, you've been able to enjoy both books? I have. In fact, I, ha- I enjoyed them so much, I had to upload them to my new Kindle so that I could read them in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Now, are they, are they actually a sequel, or is it just additional information in book two, Jack? They're parallel quills. Both I, books okay. start in the spring of 1944. Virginia's War starts at It's a War on the Home Front story. And it takes you from the spring of 1944 through Labor Day, 1944, in this hometown. And the war overseas is the elephant in the room that you never see. Engaged in war begins on D-Day, 1944. And Mm -hmm. Virginia back home is the elephant in Will's room that you never see. The two books are written about two people who are completely connected and never hear from each other during that entire period of 1944. What she's doing at home is going to wreck his life. What he's doing at home, what he's doing in the war, his life's already in a shambles, and he thinks he's been abandoned. And yet the two of them are utterly connected, even though they think each other has abandoned the other one. Wow. And then they get together. The war yeah. is over, and then they get together. What will the future bear? So they're parallel quilts. Oh, I was going. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just saying they're parallel quilts. They're written 
about two people at the same time who are trying to reach out to each other and this world that has just swept them up mm. will let them be in touch. So intriguing. And the emotions that anyone, no matter what generation you're in, I'm sure you're going to be compelled by. Um, what is in your future? What's coming next? Well, uh, the past is prologue, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. The books were uh, blessed to be given the Honorable Dimension Award for General Fiction at the London Book Festival. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, I was blessed or burdened, it's hard to say yet, whether (laughs) with being the author of the year for the military writers, and I'm enjoying this. I write a column every week or last once a week or once a month or whenever the column comes out on writing. It's called A Novel Approach. They're fun. You can find them on the web. It's uh, jwlbooks.com. And then the writing business is a novel approach. And all of this is working around book three, Children of a Good War. Because whatever happened in World War II didn't stop in 1945. We're not called uh, boomer babies for nothing. There were children, and they did grow up to live in this world we're in, and that's going to be the next book. So and, uh, that's the future is this holds. coming soon, or uh, are we going to need to wait a little bit for your third se- your, the, the third segment? Uh, it depends uh, on okay. several things. It depends on if the military writer, writers will let me write a little bit. It'll be sooner. Sure. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I believe my, one of my favorite authors put 18 years in between two of his books. It won't be that long. Uh, but I'm really confident that... Uh, a publisher will say, let's get this rascal together, and it should be out in early 2013. It's in manuscript now. Uh, Uh I don't know if you've written fiction in manuscript form, but every time you go back and read it, you go, oh, I've got to fix this. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so that you'll get a sense of this. It took seven years to write the first two, and each of them wound up in about 14 completed drafts. So it takes Mm -hmm. a while. Wow. It does take a while. It does. Jack, it's it's such a pleasure to meet you, and we'd certainly want to uh, reiterate your website, jwlbooks.com. And not only will we find the first two books there, but we will also find your, your uh, articles on a novel approach. We encourage everyone to visit um, Jack Woodville London right there. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. You guys are fun. Thanks for hosting this oh. show. People really benefit from it. <laughs> Do come back again when the third book is is out. We look forward to it thanks all. Thanks a lot. I'll be, happy to. <laughs> I'll be happy Next, to. I'm oh, sorry. Next week we're going to uh, welcome Jody Bramer back to talk a little more about PTSD. We'll have Joyce Faulkner uh, bringing her author's corner to us next week from Military Writers Society of America. We'll also have Michael Mullins visiting us as well. Uh, we enjoyed everyone being here today. If you missed any of the show, check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com, as always, for the podcast. For Sandra and Doris, this is Robin Boyd. Thanks so much for being here. Take care, everyone.